How are we doing today, everybody? And welcome to our third episode of What the Fuck Are We Talking About? With your host, I'm Ron, uh, John. <laughs> and I'm jo- uh, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, run that back. Because like, I had it in my head. I was like, oh, with your host, Ron and John. And then like last second, I switched it up in my head. I'm like, I'm your host. Oh, Do you want to stop? I, I'm happy to keep that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy to keep that i'm just saying i'll keep it I'll yeah keep it. let's go let's keep it all right so i'm john he's ron go for it yeah and today thanks for joining us today we are here to talk about area 51 in honor of the raid that is happening as we speak yeah and, and we're here live again um just to let you guys know we we are we are here Pitch the tent overnight. Get yeah. Close up of the action. Yeah. And as the raid was happening, uh, lots of UFOs just flying right off of that base. So I'm starting to think that there might be something to this whole alien thing. I'm pretty sure. That's what we're here to find out. Yeah. And talk about. Yeah. But before that, we'll get into a little bit of backstory on Area 51. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. Before we do that, though, I do want to bring up one thing, um, uh, and it, it starts with I want I want to I want this to be a testament to uh, hopefully the quality uh, that you can expect to get. So I, I'm getting John's live reaction to this. Okay. Yeah, whatever he's about to drop, I have no idea about. So yeah. Uh, this is the box that my mic stand came in. That's another thing, guys. We got like brand new audio equipment, so hopefully this is going to sound really good. Um, that's the box that my mic stand came in, but there's something in there for you. Something in here for me. All right. Let's get a little drum roll. Oh, what is this? What's in the box? What's in the box? It's Gwyneth Paltrow's fucking head. <laughs> Holy fucking shit yeah and guess what i'm wearing mine too oh <laughs> man i pull out a shirt i hope it's the right size i've gained some weight ron's a very nice guy so even if you did notice you turn a blind eye but here we are we have our shirts with our logo on it what the fuck are we talking about and yeah. i'm about to take the shirt off it's about to get steamy in here and thank god we have those mic stands because now my hands are free to grope him which is fantastic <laughs> We'll be back in a few minutes, guys. We have a couple things to take care of. <laughs> if you hear any strange grunting, it's entirely natural. Ugh, can't get the shirt on. <laughs> no, I think I think you'll get it. I think you'll get it, dude. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, man. We gotta get a, a picture on these. me. It's uh, it's not. Yeah. Oh, it's fine, go, dude. Man. This fits great. That's fucking perfect. Excellent. I thought so. I, I was pretty sure. Yeah. Boom. All right. So this uh, comes along with an announcement. You can get your very own, what the fuck are we talking about, merchandise now. And I'm serious. There's everything. Thanks to the magic of Redbubble, which I'm going to go ahead and say that today's podcast is brought to you by Redbubble. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming, did you? Two commercials. I um, certainly didn't, so let's give a round <laughs> of a hand for Red Bubble. Yeah, Red Bubble. All right, guys, here's the deal. You go to uh, 
iii-art.redbubble.com. There's what the fuck are we talking about merchandise. And I'm not talking just like any old merchandise. Like, there are t-shirts, there are stickers, but if you're a super fan, why stop there? We got throw pillows. We got, we got fucking blankets. We got shower curtains. Yeah. It's the whole nine yards. I want the fucking shower curtain. You can get the shower curtain, and guess what? I drew a what the fuck are we talking about logo that features cartoon versions of you and me. Yes. Are you shitting me? I'm not shitting you. So, go on. Uh, follow, follow my advice, man. Go ron-iii-art.redbubble.com and check out everything we have there. The What the Fuck Are We Talking About collection is posted uh, above the rest of my work. It's like the first thing you're going to be able to see. And there's the logo. There's uh, just the isolated expletive. There's the isolated question mark, and then there's the one where uh, John and I are illustrated, uh, which I like a lot. It's called uh, We're Your Host. Um, so, yeah, it's good. I'm excited to see this. I'm going to have to check it out as soon as we're off air because I'm really excited about this now. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I feel like it's, uh, it looks really good, and I was super happy when I opened uh, the red bubble bag that I got. And... Uh, Saw like the quality of it. I was like, yeah, this is uh, this is a strong. Oh yeah, choice. this but is it. They have a lot of different things. There's a wall clock, bath mats. It's fucking nuts. They have it all, man. Yeah, you just uh, it's super easy too. I just uploaded the image and then I could arrange it on the different products and stuff. Super easy. So. They have like aprons, like kiss the cook. Oh, I wish that's like one thing they're missing. They have socks. They have socks. You can get WT Fata socks. Like, just the question mark. That one's really cool. It's the question mark just repeated over and over again all over it. Nice. It's nice. Um, so, yeah, guys. Christmas is in a few months. No stockings. No stockings. It's weird. We'll work on that. Women can get dresses. Yeah. You can get dresses with our ugly mugs printed all over them. It's good. It's a good source of birth. Uh, breath control there. Yeah, yeah. You won't have to. <laughs> you don't have to worry about a thing. Wear it to the bars, lady, and nobody's gonna come near you. No, no. <laughs> That's what we're about. We're about safety. You know. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that's my, my big announcement for today. Um, I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be great. And we'll post pictures of us modeling the shirts so you can see what it looks like on two strapping fine men. That's true. We are strapping. Yeah. We, we are fine. I'm Just flapping. Fine. Definitely flapping. <laughs> you can hear it. I move the wrong way. One titty hits the other one. I, I we'll work on that too. I, it's strapping. <laughs> flapping? <laughs> <laughs> okay all right fair fair not strapping flapping young men um <laughs> all right so enough of this fucking horse shit it's time to get down to business We're talking area 51 today yeah yeah cue the abduction um that's what it sounds like when you get abducted by the way 100 percent. yeah it's happened to we me. learned that this weekend yeah i still don't believe in aliens but no. it did happen to me you don't believe in aliens? I honestly. honestly, I I thought when I was abducted, I, I was ninety nine point nine percent sure that it was <laughs> it was priests. I'm calling it now. I mean, they just their demeanor and what they wanted. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we're popping off on another conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theory episode here, guys. Next, one priests are flying through the sky. 
in chariots of fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Area 51, this is the first conspiracy theory episode. And um, I'm going to be honest. This is like a doozy because there's so much shit to cover in Area 51. It's like, it seems almost impossible that we're going to be able to cover all of this. So this yeah. might be something that we can revisit at another time to look at other aspects of it. Mm -hmm. So we'll just scratch the surface. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when you Google Area 51, one name kind of pops up mm -hmm. right away, a, a popular name by a gentleman of the name Bob Lazar. It turns out he has a documentary on Netflix. So I figured what we would do is Ron did uh, some extensive research on this, and I figured I would just kind of purposely be ignorant of the subject and just watch the documentary and kind of go off of like a general like knowledge of area 51 and we can kind of go back and forth on this so i did watch the documentary and um i thought it was complete fucking bullshit so that idea is kind of <laughs> out of the window wow holy shit <laughs> well here's the thing man is uh, these first couple episodes in this one i didn't think they would relate in the sense that this bob lazar guy is a fucking clown <laughs> there's a theme your hosts are clowns the subjects are clowns yeah. well just clowns it is too too true um, so anyway yeah um go on i mean what did you think of of the documentary slash bob lazar's claims like did you have oh. i mean i know that you think that it's complete bullshit but like what about all of it okay so uh, this documentary right off the bat kind of rubbed me the wrong way mm -hmm. they kind of started going off being like oh reality isn't what it seems I hate that. not everything is what it looks like and they were kind of setting you off to be like hey we're gonna feed you a bunch of bullshit but that's just the theme you know yeah. not you know you, they're kind of encouraging you just to feed into shit and not question it so mm -hmm. right off the bat i was like all right this kind of rubbed me the wrong way and it, it opened up and it's going along a documentary and they're talking to this guy, Bob, and he's talking about Area 51 and he's giving very vague, generic statements that I feel like people could just come up with off the fly. Like they ask mm. the question and he'd be like, ah, like, oh, what's in Area 51? He's like, ah, very advanced technology that they're just keeping from the public. It's just crazy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, give us some details here. What's going on? And he's like trying to talk about how it's very dangerous to him to talk about this. But the mm. only reason he's doing this on video is for insurance for his life. And mm. he talked about this time that he got the back of his tires shot out. And then it cuts to this like Nintendo esque, like uh video yeah, game man. car, just like spinning out. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the fucking TV magic here, man. You're talking about area 51 and you got to pull some like bullshit TV magic to make it entertaining. Yeah, something doesn't something's not was, right. I thought that was real footage. And they were like, oh, he's like, oh, I walked by this, uh, you know, this, this door and they were talking to aliens and there was just like this small figure with these really long arms. And I'm yeah. like, dude, that's the best you can give me. Yeah. That's the best you can give me. Yeah. Made me angry. I felt like uh, insulted, actually. Yeah, no, because it's, it's like, how much bullshit can you stack in a pile before like that it topples? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it just, that whole... His story is so fucking ludicrous, and there are so many things about Bob Lazar's life that are kind of ludicrous. Uh, and they caught they they talked a little bit 
about it in the documentary, but I definitely want to get into that uh, later. I want to I want to hold off on getting too deep into Bob Lazar's personal life uh, just yet. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know about him. I I. I it's weird because I look at I look at his story on paper and I believe him less, but it, it is funny, like they even talked about in the documentary. Like I really I think it was George Knapp talking over the phone to Jeremy Corbell, the director of it, like mm -hmm. him being like, if there's one thing I really hope that your documentary does is it gets across like who Bob Lazar is. Because Bob Lazar, when you spend any amount of time with him, uh, you start to realize that like he is authentic and all of this stuff. And and I that's that's a sticking point for me because I do kind of I do kind of feel like he does seem authentic, but like seeming is not, you know, being. Yeah. You know, there's a difference. Um, but yeah, like just sometimes, sometimes the way he talks, um, he does just seem ordinary. Mm -hmm. I think, and and because he seems ordinary, I kind of am like, well, all right, maybe you know, it's possible that this guy worked on fucking spaceships from other planets. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's a big ask yeah. to try to get me to believe that. Um, however, I mean, I know that before, like right before I made the priest joke, uh, you were saying like, do I believe in aliens? Right? Like you were asking about that. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I tend to, um, <clears throat> just based on like law of averages, you mm -hmm. know, like, I mean, there's gotta be other life. Absolutely. And even to the point of like, didn't they find like microbacteria on Mars? It's like that, that fucking counts. Yeah. Like it's something that's alive on another planet that makes it an alien. Yeah. Uh, it's not fucking impressive. You know, it certainly isn't getting to this planet unless we, you know, give it a ride, mm -hmm. you know, but it is something where it's like it's not out of the realm of possibility. No, I I think that there is a very good chance because you know it's from my very very uh, shallow amount of knowledge about the universe that is ever expanding, and it's just like it goes on for light years. You know, to yeah. think that there is only one type of you know uh, star like the sun that could provide some type of energy source to close by planets to sustain life in there. I think that ours is the only one I think is just silly. You mm -hmm. know, um, I, I, I wouldn't say I believe in like the traditional sense of the alien, the mm -hmm. little green man with like the giant head and the, mm -hmm. you know, black eyes. But I do think that there is something out there that, <sighs> you know, is far superior to us, you know, and mm -hmm. there's probably stuff out there that's way less advanced than us, you know, it's, Planets that are still in the Stone Age, if you will, right. depending on when life started. Yeah, I mean, I, I <clears throat> it, it's one of those things where <clears throat> I forget what the name of the like the equation is, but like they did like it, mathematically speaking, uh, we should be running into aliens all the time, um, and that gets into like weird territory for me. Because it's like, okay, so if we're not running into aliens all the time, and this is like, it almost is like another subject, but I'm still going to bring it up because, hey, I'm part of this show too. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, uh, that we're not running into aliens all the time. <clears throat> it's like one of two things are happening. Either they're ignoring us for some reason, which 
I've heard people say that, like, there's going to be a point where we reach to a technological level where uh, they're like, okay, they figured that out. I guess they're in the club, which just seems like you talk about aliens being these, like, super intelligent beings and stuff. And maybe they're not. Maybe they're more like us than we think. Mm -hmm. But it makes it seem almost like they're clicky or tribal. And I feel like if, yeah. if that's 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 a mark of lesser intelligence Agreed. for me. So that doesn't fit with like what I what I hope aliens are. Mm -hmm. um, the one that I keep coming back to though is simulation theory, which is essentially, you know, if you're designing a simulation of what life on our planet would be like, mm -hmm. maybe to see if it's worth populating this planet with life. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, you would have this program running in a computer, and it's so detailed and so textured, and all of our experiences are, are unique, you know, unique to us, uh, that you would try to save as much memory on this supercomputer as you could. So they built a, a simulation, <clears throat> sorry, they built a simulation without ever uh considering the idea that we would leave the planet and now we've left the planet and we can observe the universe around us and there's fucking nothing there because the simulation was just about this planet which is fucking maybe yeah you know? it's fun to think about it is i mean i, I just talk about yeah i just because to me like i really do feel like in a place as big as this universe is i feel like if there were aliens it should be a lot more obvious than it is it's weird that it's all like cloak and dagger mm -hmm. and i just i don't know i just don't feel like aliens would be like super secretive yeah you know and certainly not secretive like this whole area 51 thing is like this thing is yeah like layers and layers of deception yeah you know um there's a lot of stuff too in that documentary that they didn't get into with lazar and um you know i there's a few things that stand out to me in his stories and um one of the big ones for me was he's talked before about losing time uh, so Lazar said basically he was hired from Los Angeles National Laboratories to go work at S4 on the Area 51 site. And when he got there, like, first thing, right out of the gate, like, they, you know, they give him, they, they have to fly him because I think he was living in California. No, well, I'm trying to remember how this worked. Hang on. I got, like, notes over here. Um, keep it's like a couple, but you know, Ron's much better about this. When I smell bullshit, I kind of shut down and stop listening. You know, uh, I got maybe an hour into the documentary before I shut it off. To be completely honest, you didn't watch the end. No, I didn't. I couldn't. They actually have was... an alien come out. Oh, like a legit alien? Yeah, yeah. See, this is where Ron's a lot more useful with stuff like this. Me, I'm just uh, I'm like not smelling some bullshit here. You know, I have um, <laughs> at one point in the documentary, they had a testimonial from his wife, and she was like, you know, kind of saying the same thing that uh, that other guy said. She was like, oh, if you know Bob, he's 
he's a very honest man. He's very authentic. And I was like, ah, I'm like, all right. I'm like, I have this theory that maybe he never even worked for Area 51 and that maybe this is something that he was just telling his gullible ass wife in the meantime while he was cheating on her or something like that. Well, he's trying, like it was when they first met and he yeah. was trying to get in, in her, yeah. her upper skirt or whatever. She's she was like, like you've no, been gone I... for three days. Where have you been? <laughs> I, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I work yeah. for Area 51. It's, it's very classified. And then he found himself in this, you know, that's that. basically that was the start of the road that led him to this bullshit documentary where he's like, right. uh, I don't know, little men with long arms? Or... Yeah, yeah. He So the thing that's weird about his, um, like his recollection of, the events is that he fought he see he talks about janice flights which janice if you don't know is like the code name for like a secret fleet of uh like passenger jets um they're owned by uh, they're owned by EG&G, which is a defense contractor. Yeah, EG&G, um, Edgerton, Germshausen, and Greer. I, don't, I have no idea if I'm saying that right. I apologize. Um, but basically, they're there for official government use. So he knows about like the code name, and I don't think I don't know that that was out there too much in the beginning but his, so he knows that but he lived in fucking nevada because he worked at los Al he worked in air quotes at los alamos national laboratories which to my understanding is like a down the road from area 51 um what is that like the chicken place from breaking bad that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's where they designed the secret formula that's the the secret ingredient <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was funny because I watched the Joe Rogan podcast that had Bob Lazar on it, uh -huh. and he was wearing a shirt that was uh, bromine and barium, but it was done up in the design of Breaking Bad, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't help but like, just I I started like thinking about that, and like, so okay, he's a fan of the show Breaking Bad, and I'm like. Walter's this guy that's like exceedingly normal that then has this like secret hidden life that he has to like keep on his toes about and yeah. all this shit. And like the more like it, it really bothered me. I kept looking at that shirt and being like, You're a fucking liar. <laughs> like you're so full of shit. I know it. It was weird. That like I had a visceral reaction. Is that he's out in I mean he's not you know nevada new mexico or border each other he's not really all that close i think it's like i i i can't it might it might be like 100 miles i i know it's like a hundred it's like 500 miles from area 51 as well it's or far out yeah because i was actually crazy. looking at that earlier because you know my my earliest uh memory of area 51 was the the level in tony hawk pro skater one i don't know if you've played it but they had i think a, i did but i might not remember yeah i mean this is a long ass time ago but they had the level they called it roswell you know area 51 and i'm yeah. like well these aren't really all that close to each other it's not the same no. thing so i fact checked that and they're not yeah <laughs> there's a lot of talk about how uh roswell and area 51 get conflated like people think they're like 
they're inseparable, like they're all together. But Area 51 was founded, like, it might have been like 10 years after Roswell. Mm -hmm. It's like the story is like, they crash-landed in Roswell, New Mexico. They loaded up all the pieces on a truck that drove it out to Area 51. No. Didn't exist. <laughs> like, it didn't exist at that time. <laughs> so, like, that's not... That's like if they were in a time traveling truck, they could have done that. Yeah. Um, time traveling trucks is like a children's book waiting to happen. <laughs> That's magical. Um, All right, quick, patent that real quick for someone steals that. Yeah. Idea. Everybody listening, just don't don't steal my ideas, okay? Seriously, I work hard for these. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So merchandise coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> Time traveling truck T-shirts. Let's do it. <laughs> it's it's just like the the RV from Breaking Bad, and Ron and I are just out with fucking yeah. our tinfoil hats and our, yeah, our 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 peace sign shirts with the aliens. Yeah, we're hanging off the side. Lazar's driving it. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking great. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna. I think like. I think we we firmly established that we're kind of like we think Bob Lazar is full of shit, right? I mean, yes. I, I I genuinely think that there's a, there's a couple of things that we're going to talk about that for me cast a wide shadow on his story, um, and I know that I I it it bothers me that I kind of believe his his mannerisms um i did i did think that that uh netflix documentary uh which uh, there was like one scene in it that pretty much like summed up uh the biggest reasons that i don't believe bob lazar and it was literally when like the director who's like firmly on bob lazar's side is like Oh, I just have like a question about clarification. And he asks him like a question, and Bob Lazar like jumps to the left he to lost avoid it. it. And he's like, I don't understand why you people don't believe me. Everybody wants to take everything I say and overanalyze it and, and all this shit. And the only thing that really matters is what I say. People should listen to what I say. And I was like, You're fucking crazy. Yeah, that stood You're out to me crazy. too. Crazy. They 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 questioned him like once and he just like flips his lid starts going like i don't know what else i have to say i've said all i had to say i don't see why you be don't believe me yeah i'm like all right buddy get a little defensive there about something that's totally true you yeah. know this director who is just trying to tell your story accurately so that you know you he's on your side he's trying to put the issue to bed yeah so like calm down i could just like, see like just the cue card down. on the side being like okay no get really over dramatic and passionate about it and he's like all right well, <laughs> what's like, going on guys <laughs> who do you hell? think you are i'm bob lazar space pimp oh wait that went <laughs> we'll talk about that later wrong document um <laughs> no we're, we're gonna talk about that later because you didn't watch the end of the documentary you don't know shame this thing man shame i apologize no 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 it's good that you don't because it's shocking bob lazar space pimp hashtag it um <laughs> <laughs> um all right so um i want to talk so given that we're both like we said very sure 
that we think that Bob Lazar is probably full of shit. Yeah. I do want to talk about some of the things that are like, all right, that's that's a little bit weird. It's a little weird that he knows this. Yeah. Um, now, uh, when he... All right. One of the big ones, this is, this is the biggest one for me, is... And, and you got to understand how, like, Bob Lazar's story, it, it's, like, confusing as shit. Like, the order of events and why things happened the way that they did. Um, because he... Alright, on March 22nd, 1989, uh, he brings his uh, wife, at the time Tracy, who, unbeknownst to him, is cheating on him. She thinks he's cheating on her. So she's cheating on him. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, payback's a bitch. Um, eye for an eye. Yeah. Fuck for a fuck. Uh, Gene Huff and John Weir. Okay. R.L., uh, Robert Lazar, Tracy Lazar, Gene Huff, and John Weir. He brings them out into the desert. Um, uh, the Tikaboo Valley is what the place is called. And... Um, Basically, why he's brought them out there is he's like, I'm working on UFOs, and I know that they told me that this is top secret information, but fuck the police coming straight from the underground. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's just like, I don't give a shit. I'm working on flying saucers. I need to tell somebody, because that's so natural. If I was working on flying saucers, do you fucking understand? I'd be walking around with a very nice red bubble t-shirt that said I'm working on flying saucers. I'd advertise that shit nonstop. Uh, so he brings these people out into the desert and he says that Wednesday nights are when they do the test flights because the highway that's near Area 51, which Area 51 is not an official designation. It's not I don't even think it's accurate to the actual areas that exist in that spot. It just, I don't even know exactly where that name came from, but it mm. got coined and then it was picked up. I think that it was near, it was near Area 15, so they just swapped, you know, swapped the letters. Mm -hmm. um, but it's actually like, it's the Groom Lake facility. Um, they called it... Uh, in order to entice people out into the desert, they called it Paradise Ranch. That was a, that was like a marketing thing that one of the military guys did. And yeah, there's like a thousand different names for yeah, uh, Area 51. It was an airport, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, homie. Homie, yeah. Homie Airport. Homie Airport. Um, Watertown. There's a bunch of different ones. Um, oh, I like Dreamland, too. That was, that was one I heard. And I was like, oh, that's fucking interesting um so anyways so he he tells them that basically they do the test flights on wednesday nights because the highway near the facility uh is most desolate on wednesday nights it seems like there's less travelers so it, it, it's something that they take into account when they do these secret flights you know um so he brings them out and he's like I think it was like 8 o'clock, he said. He was like, they start the test flights at 8 o'clock. And like, sure enough, 8 o'clock rolls around. And the people he brought out into the desert are seeing shit. Like, real shit. They're seeing like an elliptical-shaped light. Like, bouncing around over the top of the base. It's like, 
okay, so if I believe his story is bullshit, which I kind of do, this is a huge hiccup for me because that, that like he knows that this is going to happen, right? Like he knows. Yeah. What, what, what bothers me about it though is like, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to get into what my Bob Lazar movie is going to be about later because I'm, I'm writing a movie. I'm going to write a movie about Bob Lazar's life, what I think is going on. Um, and I don't know who's going to play him. I, I've been looking and I'm trying to figure it out and I'm like, Buscemi? No, no, no. Probably not. Alexi, um, so, Stranger Things, season three. You see it? Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I, oh, I didn't watch it. Now. No. I watched like the first couple episodes. I know it's sacrilegious, but I, uh, had a lot of things happening. Oh, he kind of looks like him. He's got like the curly hair, the dorky like glasses. Yeah. And, and the guy's like really likable. So maybe not that guy. Because Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar isn't. He's, no. Yeah. He's got like the the personality of like a salamander. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if any salamanders are listening, please yeah. don't take offense to this. Yeah. I just want to say that we, we love salamanders. It's just you're fucking boring. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's like a major, that's a major problem for me. That is hard to explain because, you know, he'd have to pull some serious strings to get like, get some type of illusion going on or, you know, talk to the right people to get something going on to kind of convince three other people. Yeah. Something's and, going on. And I also think like, you have to, you have to remember that Tracy Lazar, I don't think has ever backed off of her claims that no, I saw some shit. They got divorced. They like that, you know, her thinking that he was cheating and then her cheating, it ended the marriage. Like it was over. So <sighs> she, like if, she, if anybody was going to say that he was full of shit and tried to take the wind out of his sails, it would have been her. It would have been a disgruntled ex-wife. Right. But she doesn't. So that like, that's some conviction about what she saw. Um, and this happens two more times. Um, a second time it's Bob Lazar, Tracy, Gene Huff, I guess John Weir bitched out and they brought Jim Tagliani instead. And they actually capture video that time, uh, moving light at 8.30 PM. Um, so now they have video evidence. And then a week later, it's April 5th. This is Bob Lazar, Tracy. She brings her sister this time, Gene Huff, and John Weir mans up, and uh, he comes back. And the story that Bob tells is that they're sitting there, and they're kind of idly talking about, you know, these advanced spaceships and all this stuff. And I, I think he said it was Gene that said it. He was like, so when are we... Uh, when are we busting through the gates and stealing one of those things? And Bob Lazar like kind of like laughed and he was like, "Oh, maybe when everybody else raids Area Fifty One." So I, I think that I think that Bob Lazar is going to try to steal a UFO, guys. Like I'm pretty sure that's what's happening right now. I believe <laughs> it. He's been planning it all this time. He's been thinking about it. And if he has inside information, he just might be the guy to do it. He can do it. Bob Lazar, space pimp. <laughs> rolling rolling in my ufo um no he's just bumping kanye west <laughs> do, 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 do. so 
they're sitting there and they're talking. Gene Huff's like, when are we going to steal one of these things? And Bob Lazar kind of like giggles and he's like, well, you know, I mean, we could, you know, all this shit. And like, as they're talking, they realize that they can see this green light out in front of them, like in the darkness. And they're like, what the hell is that? And they're watching it and they think it's like hovering, but then it like completely drops down onto the ground and then like it rolls across the ground and they're like, that's what the odd. fuck is this? It's really small, like a quarter-sized green light, mm-hmm. they realize. So, I don't know. They must have had flashlights with them or something. They whip the flashlights out. They open it up. There's fucking Area 51 security, like, all around them. And they were using night vision scopes. And one of the fucking guys dropped the night vision scope. And that's what gave them away, you know. Um, and he says that uh, they were... Immediately, like, all of them were detained. Uh, They were brought to the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office. This is April 5th, 1989. And they're questioned uh, pretty extensively. And he says that on April 7th, he's told to report to the Indian Springs Airfield. And when he shows up there, he's talking to these government guys that worked at the base, these security guys. And they're like... They're like, hey, you know how we told you that this was like a secret program? And he was like, yeah. And they were like, that means you can't tell anybody. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> they were kind of like, you're, uh, you're done, son. You know? Yeah. They gave him kind of the walking papers. He said he wasn't fired officially. He, they revoked his security clearance. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, that's weird. That's, some, that's like a weird move. But I, I don't know if there's, like, a severance package you'd have to pay out if you, like, fired somebody. So they're just like, you just can't come to work anymore. If, yeah. You know, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, and then risk, you know, him exposing all other stuff he knows. But, you know, what gets me about that is, like, 830, mm-hmm. if you have, if you're going to test super secret alien technology, yeah. I don't even feel, feel nice walking out of my apartment at 830 and avoiding people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And not to mention, I'm assuming it gets pretty dark. Yeah. at that time of yeah, year like around black. that time pitch black and you know a nearby highway i feel like is at least your concern yeah you know if you're out in the desert i can't see much obstruction yeah you know so at 8 30 when people are awake yeah for sure driving out in the desert to like get laid and smoke <laughs> a blunt or something yeah yeah i just feel like you know off in the distance you know i don't i mean i don't geographically i don't know what the layout's like but i i, I feel like if to be on the safer side, if I'm testing alien technology in the open sky, I'm waiting until 1, 2, 3 in the morning. Yeah. Like last call when all the people that are driving are so drunk that they don't notice yeah. the UFO. <laughs> yeah. And if they do, nobody's going to believe them. Yeah. No. That's a really good point, actually. I hadn't even considered that. But we are also anti-drunk driving. so Yeah. I just want to say that uh, I-, I said that flippantly and without uh, without enough care for the seriousness of that situation don't drink and drive better yet don't drink just don't drink it's fucking bullshit man one of us feels that way i like a good glass of alcohol every now and then and i get shit-faced once a year and it's usually when we play board games um (laughs) so uh yeah so yeah, that's a really good point though, I, and I hadn't really considered that. But it's like, is there like a lull in traffic 
at eight o'clock, but at two a.m. there's like it's rush hour on that yeah, fucking thing. Like, it doesn't uh, make sense. Two a.m. You know. Yeah, I would definitely push it back. It would make a lot yeah. more sense if you're trying to keep a secret. But like everything else about that, you know, I I can you know I can get behind that. You know, I can. It's weird. I can be open to 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 listen to the the rest of the story in in terms of what what they're saying because he's bringing multiple people out there. They're seeing this and that, and yeah. you know blowing the horn even when they have reason to yeah it'll call bullshit so yeah that's can, a weird one it's just a weird that time that time just makes me you know it just doesn't se- yeah it doesn't seem right i i really hadn't even considered that but it's true um <clears throat> basically so after this after this moment um So that's April 7th, 1989 is when his security clearance is revoked. Um, That same day, because I guess, like, the way that Lazar talks about it is the stipulation is you're going to be working for us and we're a secret facility. So literally every aspect of your life is kind of our business now. So they have his phones tapped. So these guys that he's working with, they know that Tracy's like banging her yoga instructor. Like they know that that's happening and they're watching Lazar because they want to make sure that he's stable. He's not going to do something fucking nuts. Um, So like when they debrief him, not only is it like, yeah, you can't come on the base anymore. You can't work here anymore. Uh, They're also like, your wife's cheating on you. They like, they just drop everything all at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> this is April seventh. What a day! I know. Um, by May nineteen eighty nine, uh, there's like there's sworn statements that indicate that Bob Lazar and Tracy have separated. <clears throat> you might see two names with Tracy. She's also Jackie. She she uses two names. I don't understand it. I don't even think one of them's a middle name. I think one's just an assumed identity, if I understand what I read. Um, and that's the point where uh, he's... I think that John Weir guy uh, gets him in contact with George Knapp, who's actually like a he's a reporter and not he's won awards and shit like he's he's the real article he doesn't have a vested interest in keeping ufos alive or anything but he winds up getting contacted by john weir on behalf of lazar and john weir is saying look this guy might be in danger because he knows things he showed people secret things and I'm afraid for his life. He's kind of afraid for his life. And, you know, can you help? And George Knapp's like, sure. Uh, We got to raise his public profile so that if they kill him, then we notice. It's a life insurance policy. So you make sure that, like, everybody will be like... It's weird that, like, Bob Lazar talked about aliens and how, like, the government might want to kill him and stuff. And now... uh, he left a suicide note and he's chopped up in the freezer, you know? And it's like, wow, like, that's crazy. You're like, that's the worst suicide ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But 
<laughs> it's sort of like so he goes on TV. He talks with um, he he gives he weighs it all out everything. He's just like yeah, it's alien technology. I did this. I did that. I worked on propulsion. Blah 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 blah. Um, and from there, it's kind of off to the races. Um, by November tenth uh, of that year, he's officially named on the news. Um, prior to that, he was just. Uh, I think they just said like a, an alias or something and they had him all in silhouette so that you couldn't identify him and stuff. And um, then he goes on like a radio show, a uh, couple of different things in the end of 1989. Um, and his story takes another turn uh, in the middle of the following year. But I, I, again, I'm holding off on that for a little bit. Um, so yeah, that whole, that whole saga is very strange. Uh, things about George Knapp, uh, that stood out to me were that, you know, like I said, he's a real reporter. He, he's not going on record saying that this guy's telling the truth without doing some digging. And <clears throat> what he found was he started looking... Bob Lazar has a couple of different things that he states are true. Um, he went to MIT uh, and he got a master's degree in physics from MIT. And then he got a master's degree in electronic engineering or something from Caltech. Mm -hmm. um, so two schools on opposite sides of the U.S. Um, and... George Knapp, you know, he's he's looking at the entire Lazar case. He's trying to trying to see if he can trust this guy. So he starts doing some digging. And uh, there's no record of Lazar ever attending either school. He can't find anything that confirms that he was there. So immediately I'm like, bullshit, right? Like, that's total horseshit. Uh... Bob Lazar says that when he got out of school, he immediately started working for Los Alamos National Lab. Um, now, <clears throat> when he showed up in uh, when he showed up in that town, uh, he had at the time he had a, a like a rocket car, <laughs> which like sounds fucking crazy, but he has a he has a car that has a um, It has a rocket attached to the back of it, and he gets interviewed by the um, by the local paper there. I'm trying to find like the, I'm looking through my notes. I'm trying to find this some wily coyote shit. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it causes enough of a, a splash. Yeah, here it is, June twenty seventh, nineteen eighty two. So this is. This is seven years before. Yeah, this is seven years before um, he's going to start working at Area 51. Uh, so he's interviewed by the Los Alamos Monitor. Um, 
And in that, they say um, Los Alamos Labs uh, scientist, uh, rocket car, blah, blah, blah. Like, they call him a Los Alamos Labs uh, scientist. So that's like, okay, now we have some credibility. Yeah. George Knapp finds that article, and he's like, okay, so that's true. He goes through the directory. They have, like, a phone book directory from 1982, and Bob Lazar is listed in it. Like, he has an extension at Los Alamos National Labs. So that part of the story seems true. Um, but he also... That part, of, that part of the story seems true. Uh, George Knapp finds the phone directory. It says, Bob Lazar, extension, and he doesn't really think anything else of it. Doesn't really look at it that much. Um, so those are two pieces of information that it's like, yeah, this, is, this, this guy is for real, right? Um, literally, it's the following day, like right after this... Uh, article is published edward teller is in town he's going to be giving a lecture at los alamos edward teller is like the father of the hydrogen bomb like he's 100 percent legit you know in the world of science um and it like it's by chance that bob lazar is walking by and this fucking guy is sitting there and he's reading the article about Bob Lazar, about the rocket car and everything. So Lazar walks over and he introduces himself. He's like, hey, like, I'm that guy. And Edward Teller's like, wow, it's really cool. Like, you built the rocket and all this different stuff. And they talk and they have apparently a good communication. Lazar goes to the, uh, the lecture that Teller's going to give. And it's... This is one of those things where, like, that little bit of information, it's so by chance, like, you couldn't have written it that he, he met this guy. Especially if you... I'm, I'm going to get into, like, deconstructing the Bob Lazar story with some things that... Um, there's a guy, if, if anybody's interested in this, I, I want to make sure that I'm kind of, like, citing sources here. But I went on and I looked up... Uh, There's this website that kind of goes through. It's called otherhand.org, and it kind of goes through uh, Bob Lazar's story and kind of matches it up with reality um, to try to see if you can, like, shake uh, anything loose about it, if you can get to, like, some type of a... Uh, of a conclusion about him and there's a lot of good information on there and a lot of this is information that i kind of got from that source and that source alone but i have done some work trying to verify whether or not i can even trust that website and i tend to think i can uh the guy that runs it is actually a scientist um does live in that area uh his story is pretty much on the record whereas Lazar's there's a lot of stuff missing can be proved that he went to college got a degree yeah not that college anyways yeah they, there's he, a college yeah they know that he went to Pierce College I guess in California and that 
they don't even say like for very long. Like I don't think I don't I don't know that Bob Lazar went to college, because here's the thing: if you go, oh well, like in my case, I went to Montserrat, right? Now, if I tell you that I went to Montserrat and I can't produce any paperwork, right? How would you verify that? What would you do next? Call the school. You call the school, right? Yeah. And you say, what would you say? What would you ask them? I uh, would you probably ask about records of, do you have, you know, drop your name and say, has this person ever attended university here? Okay. And they look up, they would try to, try to find that information. Now they can't find the paperwork, right? Right. All right. So what's, what do you do now? I wouldn't know where to go next because if there was no record of it online and you called the university itself and they can't even prove that you're there, then who can? Well, Aside from the guy, you know, the guy himself. Think about that. Who can't? He went to school. Uh, he would have gone with roommate, roommate, yeah, yeah, or classmates, fucking professors, professors. Yeah. yeah. But they asked around. Nobody fucking met Bob Lazar. Nobody remembers him. Nobody remembers him. And like they asked Bob Lazar, they're like, "Who were your teachers?" And he's like, "Um, well, I, uh, I think uh, there was a one of my teachers was um, uh, uh, uh and he stumbles over." And he does, like, he produces a name. He produced one name, uh, Frederick Hoshfield, uh, which you're like, all right, cool, we got a name. We can go find this guy. Well, that guy was a, uh, he worked at W. Tresper Clark High School. It was the only name that they could find. That There's a reason. So they, they looked at MIT. They looked at Caltech. They can't find that name. But you go back further. Bob Lazar went to W. Tresper Clark High School, and one of his teachers was Frederick Koshfield. Mm -hmm. So he just used the name of a teacher from a different time period. Yeah. And he just said that that was the guy that taught him electrical engineering at Caltech. Yeah. Well, he said that he went under hypnosis to remember some of the things that he forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, there's a lot of things. And I, there's something about that, too, that I, I, we're going to talk about because it's fucking there's some weird shit going on and i don't think it's aliens <laughs> you know there's some weird shit going on and i don't think it's aliens um uh so yeah i thought that that was uh i thought that, that was really really strange um i would i would describe and I, i'm no better but i would describe bob lazar's speaking style as scattered he jumps, he jumps around and he can't remember. So like, not only like teachers, he can't remember teachers names and stuff, but somebody asked him flat out, when did you graduate from MIT? And he was like, um, I think it was, uh, 1982 maybe. <laughs> and I was like, how often do you graduate from one of like the biggest schools in the country? How often For real? does that happen? You would fucking remember the date. You would remember that. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, Frederick Stanton, uh, I think that was his name, Stanton, um, and he was, uh, he was a big UFO believer, but he also, like, worked under the doctrine that, like, 90% of people who say that they have seen things are full of shit. That was his professional opinion. Yeah. And, like, he did a lot of digging into this, and, and that was something that he brought up, was, like, you... I, he's like, I know people <laughs> that have gone to MIT, and they can tell you immediately 
when they graduated. They can tell you what their thesis was. Bob Lazar cannot do that. And that, to me, is probably one of the most, like, telling aspects of Bob Lazar's story. Yeah. Um, There's no way. There's no, no way. I don't think so. W.T. Father will return after this very, very quick commercial break. Thank you. We are also once again brought to you by ron-iii-art.redbubble.com. Uh, go on there. You can check out all of my work and also pinned right to the top of the page for your convenience is the WT Fada collection. You can get some merch. Get some merch. Helps us out. And, uh, you know, if you love the show, you know, show it, you know. Um... Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Good quality stuff. Really happy with what uh, John and I got. We talked about the t-shirts. Um, I also have that notebook, and I think John said he was thinking about getting the Bob Lazar Space Pimp shirt, which would be fucking fantastic. I'm uh, excited to see how that one came out. If it came out good, I'm going to grab one too, because I'm a self-promoting whore. But hey, that's what I do. Um... Yeah, so uh, check it out, ron-iii-art.redbubble.com. Alright guys, uh, we just took like a little bit of a break, uh, because we have like an hour um, to record, like each of the segments on Anchor can run for an hour, so uh, we just took a little break, and I was looking over my notes. I just want to make one quick correction. Actually, I think I have two quick corrections to make. Um, Stanton Friedman, not Frederick Stanton. It's a lot of it's a lot of names. <laughs> Stanton Friedman is the guy that looked into uh, Bob Lazar's history at MIT and Caltech. And I wrote down what he looked at. He literally he looks at the commencement list for the year that Lazar claims. There's no Bob Lazar on the 1982 MIT commencement. Womp. Yep. Uh, he looks across... This guy went deep, man. He went across student directories from 1978 to 1990. So he gave this guy a wide berth on either... He was like, well, probably 82. Well, I'll go, you know, almost 10 years into the future. I'll go five years into the past, you know? Yeah. How do you come out of the woodwork with something as big as Area 51 and alien technology and not expect someone to fact-check your shit? Yeah, for real. Blows my mind. He looks at the faculty staff directory from 1970 to 1990, nothing. MIT degree list, 1970 and 1980, and alumni register for 1989. There's nothing about Bob Lazar. Uh, fun fact, um, when Lazar marries... Uh, he. Uh, Tracy, who we talked about before, was not Lazar's first wife. His uh, his first wife was uh, Carol Nadine Strong, who was 34 when she married Bob Lazar, who was 21. Wow. Um, yeah. And at that time, on the marriage certificate for that marriage, it says that he's a, an electronics engineer... And his highest grade was grade 12. Um, 
which that's two years before he supposedly um, graduates from MIT. And this, I believe, is issued in California. So, like, you're, what are you, a full-time student at MIT? It's a four-year school. Yeah. You're a full-time student at MIT, and you have time to get married to a woman in California. Well, it's crazy what you can do with that alien technology, right? Yeah, he's zooming around. He's oh, zooming yeah. around. He went back in time. <laughs> I'm starting to fucking time. believe him. If, if all this shit is true, then that guy has a UFO. Oh, absolutely. It he has, has more than just a UFO. That guy can bend time. <laughs> um... Also, the claims about Caltech, um, there's no record of him attending, and there's no appearance uh, in the student yearbooks from 1977 to 1982, so there, there's nothing there either. Um, I also, the guy that runs the other hand.org, I couldn't find his name in all this chicken scratch but his name is tom mahood and tom mahood did a fucking great job uh if any of this is enlightening for you it's 100 percent because of tom mahood not because of me he's done a really great job of uh boiling down lazar's timeline to the best of his ability which is pretty fucking hard to do because lazar is so shaky on dates but we have we have things that are court documents that are telling you exactly what was going on when um, so, so yeah, I, I'm going to start to get into more of Lazar's personal life. And I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think that none of these things necessarily dictate that you're like, that you're bad or anything, but they do cast a little bit of a, a shade on Lazar's story, especially with his supposed credentials. If he has a master's in two very big science fields, then like some of these things should not happen to him. Um, um, He, uh, all right, Bob Lazar, uh, he, he files for bankruptcy, um, and when he files for bankruptcy, it's, uh, it's literally, it's before he starts working at Area 51, so he files for bankruptcy before he starts working at one of the most secretive bases in in, in the world, not in America, in yeah. the world. Um, that, that seems wrong. Like, why would you... All right, you, ha you have a facility, right, that houses something that you don't want anybody to know about. They wouldn't even let people, they wouldn't even let satellite photos be taken. Like, that was just a blank area on the map before. Um, and then the Russians snapped a couple of shots, and now it's out. But if you, if you are bankrupt, I don't think you can get a job at a, at a secret facility. Right? Because you're, you're going to go, all right, now I have all of this information. Who's the highest bidder? Yeah. And you will tell... You'll tell Russia, you'll tell China, you'll tell whoever, you know, 
to make a buck. Then shows some some degree of irresponsibility. Yeah, you know, or just a lot of bad luck. Well, it's it's weird because it's like he has he has like the good fortune of having a lot of people around him that uh kind of help him out. Um including his um his mom and um his mom and his dad like they they let him borrow money um that he never pays back he can you can see that his life is in a tailspin spin leading up to this moment um when he files for bankruptcy uh on the like official documentation it says that he's a um it says that he's a self-employed photo processor which is a far cry from being like a scientist in physics and stuff like that's an entirely different field um um So, also the bankruptcy filings, they don't list Los Alamos National Labs and, uh, or KM, which is Kirk and Meyer. And this is one of those things that Knapp missed, which is in the phone book directory for Los Assholes, for, <laughs> for Los Assholes, <laughs> no, in the phone book directory for Los Alamos National Labs. Um, it's, it's not just for Los Alamos, uh, that phone book, uh, Stanton Friedman gets his hands on a copy of it. It's also for the Department of Energy and a company called Kirk and Meyer. And Kirk and Meyer is, um, it services, uh, different technologies that scientists would, would use. Um, and because Bob Lazar was their go-to at Kirk and Meyer, he got his name in the directory. So that doesn't even prove that he worked at Los Alamos National Labs. That's actually, that's, that's a falsity based on an incorrect perception of what that phone book directory was for. And do you think he knew that? George Knapp? No, uh, Bob Lazar, when he was Well, I, I, I think he knew that he had his name in there. Yeah. And yeah. I think... I think that that's like when I when I talk about the Los Alamos Monitor article that's supposed to be like this big proof. I think back of like I've been interviewed by the newspaper a couple of times. Um, they ask you what you do, and you tell them. And do you think they fact check it? No, no, right? No, like this guy has a rocket on the back of his fucking car. <laughs> if he tells you he's a rocket scientist. You go, makes sense. That checks out. Oh, it makes so sense. All the proof I need is on the back of that fucking Mazda. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. So, so basically, the the article and the phone book directory are the two big things that are like, see, that's proof that he worked at Los Alamos National Labs, and it's like he didn't. He and worked at Kirk and Meyer. Yeah. He worked at Kirk and Meyer, and I think that because he worked closely with Los Alamos that he knew a lot of people there. There's quite a few people that worked at that laboratory that remember 
Bob Lazar showing up on television saying that, oh yeah, I work there. And a lot of the people that work there were like, yeah, as a technician, like you, you weren't, you weren't a scientist. You're like, a lot of people know for a fact that Lazar's story is a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um, and those voices just don't get heard as much because I think people want to hear that there's flying saucers at Area 50. I want to. Yeah. I, I want to believe, believe that. So you'll like kind of overlook some of the bullshit. Right. But this is where I get into like, I think that, I think that Lazar's a con man. And, and I don't know, you can't think of Lazar as a con man in the typical sense because you would think it was about money. But to my knowledge, he doesn't really make money off of this. Uh, there's one point where he almost does, which is his life story gets optioned for a movie at New Line. That's like in 1994 that that's going to happen. It never comes to fruition. I think that's because the movie studio smelled bullshit too. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with it. Um, but because he's a con man, he's looking for openings, right? So, all right, like I'm at Los Alamos National Labs. I know that there's this secret facility, this super, super secret facility. And... I need to, if I can fabricate it into, uh, if, if I can fabricate enough stuff around me, I might be able to get some information about Area 51 that other people won't know. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. So step one is I'm going to put a rocket on my car, right? That's going to get people to notice me, right? And... I don't know who decided to interview him, or I don't know if he went to them and was like, hey, I have a rocket on the back of my car. It might make a good human interest story. Like, that might be cool. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was his idea. Yeah. Uh, and then now he's officially in the paper as a scientist. And then, the like, the strangest part of the story is him meeting Edward Teller. That's weird. Because that's, like, totally by chance that Edward Teller happens to be in town. Maybe. Or Lazar knew that Teller was going to be in town and was like, well, I'm going to try to get my paper, my story in the paper for when Teller's in town and I'm going to show it to him, right? Yeah. He says that Teller was reading it when he saw him, uh, which is possible. But it's also possible that Lazar would have also been like, hey, like, I'm a big fan of your work. I was just in the paper and, like, showed it to him anyways. Either way, the effect is the same. Edward Teller meets Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar, when you're around him and you listen to him, you kind of start to think, all right, maybe. Like, maybe you can trust this guy. And Edward Teller does that. Edward Teller trusts him. And that's where the story gets... That, that That's the turn for me, is because now he has somebody that has, like, real credentials, like, actual credentials that's on his side. And it's, like, years later when he... um he winds up getting in contact with uh, Teller, and he gets in contact with Teller, and he asks Teller, I think it was via email, he's like, do you know any, any facilities in the area? Like a totally fucking leading question that would like get a judge to be like, hey! You know, like, yeah. you can't do that. Leading the witness, you know? Uh -huh. But he's like, do you know of any, like, areas <laughs> that might have some, like, secret projects that my expertise could be used at? 
And Teller's like, oh yeah, there's an Area 51, you know? And he, I think Teller gave him a recommendation. And I think that the people that work there are like, well, it's Edward Teller. We've worked with him for years. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, listen to him. Maybe this guy's a lot smarter than I thought he was. I, maybe. So he gets this recommendation, and I think that he gets onto the base. I really do. I, I, I think that I think that Bob Lazar has been to Area Fifty One. The duration of his time there and the extent of his work mm -hmm. there, I think, might be horseshit. But I think that Bob Lazar went to Area Fifty One, um, which sounds crazy, and that you wouldn't do like a fact check on this stuff. But you have to understand it's it's Edward Teller. And if Edward Teller is telling you, because this would have been like, he doesn't start work until he says he starts work at the S4 facility in December of 1988. So Edward Teller is coming into this situation saying, I've known this guy for six years. I met him six years ago. At that point, he was a scientist at Los Alamos National Labs. And I've known him for six years. You just believe him, mm -hmm. right? So maybe you don't do a lot of like the formal fact checking, but that ties into another part of Bob Lazar's story that always bothers me is that he knows like the names of security people on the base. Like I, I think Lazar might have something like a photographic memory. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if he was on the base, I think he went in once, but he was able to just pick up every single detail mm -hmm. that he could possibly remember. Um, and I think that, Part of the the trick of him being like, well, it might have been this, or I can't really remember. It's bullshit. I think that that dude remembers everything. And because of that, he remembers everything he's ever said. So he tries to keep it purposely inconsistent so it's hard to verify, so that he can keep up the ruse. I don't think Lazar's after money. I think Lazar's after attention. I think he likes attention. And you don't get more attention than saying something like this yeah you know blowing up alien technology at area 51 that's how i i, I feel I, I really do feel like it's a ruse it's just it's it's designed to keep him satiated for the for the type of thing that he needs yeah. you know um i also want to say that like if you're gonna believe that he was a he was you know he did he was, had a master's in physics. He had a master's in electronic engineering and everything. Then it gets, like, really fucking weird because he gets shit-canned from S4 in, uh, 19, in April of 1989. He does, like, a bunch of press in the latter half of 1989 about what happened there. And then by the middle of next year, he gets arrested in Las Vegas. Um, and... He goes to trial on this, and they, he's, he's, I think it was a, the original charge was abetting a prostitution ring. Huh. Yeah. And then it gets talked down from there to pandering, which is basically you're facilitating a John for a prostitute. Yeah. That's what pandering is. So Bob Lazar, space pimp. That's where it comes from. Hashtag it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, that I can get behind. Yeah. Um, but you, you got to talk to Bob first. 
Um, June 18th, 1990, he pleads guilty to pandering. Um, the story is that he met a prostitute with the very sexual name of Tony Bullock. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing more alluring than Tony Bullock. It's Tony with an I, though, so it makes it way less gross. Yeah, Um, when you're moaning it, you gotta say it out loud. Tony with an I. Yeah, I apologize for any Tony Bullocks that are listening right now, and doubly so if you're a salamander. (laughs) Um, Just because being a salamander is fucking stupid. Um... Um, yeah, so he met her as a customer. Uh, so I don't know if this was, this probably maybe was after the divorce, uh, because there is that, that time frame. Um, and he helped her set up her business in, uh, the Newport Cove apartments. Um, he kept records of the business activities and he took a percentage of her fees for it. Um, his divorce isn't finalized until the next month, but that's not that unusual. Um, sentencing day to get six months probation, 150 hours of community service. And he's ordered, this is weird. This is weird. He's ordered to undergo psychotherapy and to stay away from brothels. And I'm just saying, like you're charged with pandering, right? You're basically pimping. Why are you ordered to undergo psychotherapy? That's weird. To me, anyways. Like, you don't... Like, I don't know. That that stands out to me. Like, that means that something happened at that trial that made everybody go, like, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, there's definitely more to that. That's weird. For sure. And I I couldn't find anything uh, exactly, but that that seemed really weird to me, and and that, that stood out to me as being... Uh, very telling. When he's on the stand, uh, he's still saying, I have a master's, they're asking him about his school history, I have a master's from MIT in physics and a master's from Caltech in electronic engineering. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know that that's like, like, I I think George Knapp said, like, for me, like, if he was, if he was lying, he would have, it would have come out right there on the stand and all this shit. But it's like, Bob Lazar is thinking long term. He's, because, he talked about not making money off of it, but like they tried to make a movie out of his life. He would have made money off of that. Yeah. Just because it didn't happen, you can't be like, oh, well, I never tried to make money off of it. That's not what happened. You did. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. So for me, he's looking at his history. He's like, well, I went bankrupt at one point and I don't want to do that again. That sucked. Uh, so I know that I'm going to be on, on the witness stand. I'm going to have to stick to this lie. Right. So maybe he did perjure. But then, this is what, this story is so fucking weird because I can't, every time I get to like a conclusion like that, I immediately go, well, eh. because how do they check for perjury? Like, they, they must. They, they must try to go and verify these things. Mm-hmm. He wasn't arrested for perjury. And if you, like, if the question of him having those, those degrees comes up in a court, and, like, you would know that there was questions about that before. So now you have him on a witness stand, and you have him swearing under oath that this is the story. Mm-hmm. You would check that. And the fact that they don't charge him with perjury, to me, 
and maybe I've just maybe I just lack knowledge of like how the system works. I don't know. Yeah. But to me, they must have found something, right? Something that led to him being ordered to psychotherapy. Well, no, I mean like if you can't charge him with perjury, then that means he didn't lie on the stand when he said that he went to MIT uh, and Caltech. But what what could they have possibly have found? I don't I don't know. But I don't I also don't know the process by which they they check people's because they go like, do you swear under oath? And you're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, OK, tell us your name. And you're like, Reginald Archibald Bozzamo. And they're like, OK, and what do you do? And you're like, I'm a unicorn wrangler. Like, that's a bla- That's an obvious one yeah. that you can be like unicorns don't exist. And that name's ludicrous. So you're arrested for perjury. Yeah. But. When it's less obvious, they have to do some fact checking to just, just to, like, it's like, it's like when you do a lie detector test and they ask you baseline questions, like, are you wearing a white shirt? And you're like, no. And it's like, you have to answer it correctly. (laughs) You can't lie right now. You you have to know what the truth looks like. Yes. You know? Um, So that, that stood out. That's weird. There's so many things that are weird about this, though. Like, there's so many different avenues that you can go with the story. And it's, like, just cloudy enough that I can't get to... I can't get to 100%. My 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 gut feeling is that he's full of shit. That's my gut feeling. Yeah, that's what I kind of felt like from the start. Yeah. But there's also a lot of things where I'm like, I just don't know. I feel like I just don't know enough mm-hmm. about certain qualities of this. I've looked into... Um, he talks about like he called element 115 uh like years before it was revealed and stuff and they used that as a big one and it's like they knew it was there like they like there's a there's all right Bob Lazar has like a history of putting rockets on his shit I don't know I don't know he puts it on his car but when he was little he put it on his bike and he did he his did his parents talked about that yes and they acted like it was this big like because he's a brainiac and it's not true it's not true like there is a uh there's this this magazine that i think lazar had access to um and that i think it was like yeah all right scientific american uh this magazine had uh like blueprints they printed blueprints about how to make your own version of that rocket. So he like he got blueprints and he built the rocket, which is like that's great. Like you can you read the blueprints, you understood them, you built a rocket. That achievement in and of itself. But yeah. he didn't design it or anything. And the thing about science, the scientific American is like if you believe that he had it, which he must have to to build the rocket, uh you have to also know that like in a 1969 edition of it they had an article called island of stability around element 114 and they were talking in that article about elements that they knew existed but they haven't discovered yet Mm -hmm. they knew that they had to be there but they they hadn't found them yet so literally it's the next number like element 114 
is what that article article is about. The next element that they're going to find is going to be element 115. 115 so yeah. Bob Lazar being like, yeah, there's an element 115 that's used in space travel and all of this stuff. It's like, it's like, it's not even a guess. It's a, it's a given. We know that the, it, we know it exists. We know it exists as far back as 1969. And they reiterated that article in May of 1989, which if you're doing your math is, uh, right as his time at S4 at Area 51 is ending. So, and by the time he goes on, uh, like, he is interviewed with George Knapp, and I don't know the exact date of these things, but they happen right next to each other. He goes on TV for the first interviews with George Knapp in May of 1989. So the same fucking month that this article from a publication that we know Lazar, we, we can take a pretty good fucking guess that Lazar was reading that and uh -huh. had been for a long time. So the very month that he's on TV talking about this, they're reiterating that thing, talking about the mysterious element 115. And then he just happens to... But, all right, how often do you hear people talk about elements? Okay, and then to have two major things like that happen in the same month—that's not—that's not like a—that's not like a popular culture thing. It's no, not, it's not like nobody talks about that. So, Scientific Americans like Element One Fifteen, and then Bob Lazar is like Element One Fifteen in the same fucking month. That's linked. That's it's that's be. together. Yeah, he was really good at you know taking things and and distorting the truth or blowing up the truth and just kind of pulling bullshit to kind of like beef up his story beef yeah. up his side it seemed like he was really good at that he just wants to be more credible yeah you know like that's well, all he's trying to do the key to lying is to take a little bit of truth and go from there run with it it's true um yeah there's uh it's a lot of the a lot of the stuff in Wizard's life uh just doesn't add up um and i don't i just don't i don't really believe him there are things in his story that stand out to me as being truthful but there's a lot of stuff that feels 100 percent fabricated mm -hmm. and i really feel like one of the things about Area 51 is it's like, yes, it's in a very, very remote location, but it's in a very, very remote location where Bob Lazar spent a lot of time. It's not like people don't live out there. Mm -hmm. Bob Lazar did. And to me, I think like, I don't know, you, sometimes if you don't know yourself or if you're not happy with yourself, you might go out in search of who you are, right? And I think Bob Lazar was doing that. And I think Bob Lazar was doing that very near Area 51. Uh, it's located in kind of... It's it's lower than some of the hills around it. Um, so, like, potentially you could be up on a ridge and see into the facility and you could observe it. And like maybe maybe Bob Lazar knew, um, maybe Bob Lazar was watching it, 
he's going out in the desert and trying to think of what he wanted to be. And he was watching that facility and he was seeing these things. And he, he saw seeing, it as a sign. Yeah. He yeah. was seeing like every Wednesday night there's lights above it. I don't know what they are. But there are lights. And they look kind of like UFOs. So maybe I tell people that I work on UFOs. And then I have a fabricated identity that's a lot more comfortable than the actual identity that I live. Um, even now, I mean, he works for United Nuclear. That's his own company. But it's a, it's a scientific supplier. It's, he's not doing scientists. He's, he's not doing science, rather. He's, he's supplying scientists with the things that they need to do their job, which I argue is what he's always done. Mm -hmm. That's what he did when he worked at Kirk and Meyer. Um, and I hate to like demystify his story to that degree, but I really, I really think that it's, I think he tried to get money out of it at one point and it didn't work. And I think now he just keeps up the lie because it was about attention mostly. Like I think he even said in an interview, he was like, I'm not, he literally said it. He was like, I'm not doing this for attention. And he was like, I, I got enough hugs as a child. And I'm like, it's very telling when people say shit like that. Yeah. Like, are you sure you got enough hugs as a child? <laughs> because it's weird that you're bringing it up. You're fucking 40. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that's weird. Um, I think Bob Lazar's story is sad, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think even without uh, diving that deep into it, you know, on the surface, it, it, it kind of seemed that way. Yeah. You know? I, um, but just diving into it and getting all these all these facts and all this information and kind of connecting the dots here and there, I think it's more uh, evident that uh, this dude's full of shit. Yeah, and like a lot of like what he has as science, um, like he, he talks about the science of element one fifteen and that it can like cause anti gravitational waves and all of this stuff, and it's like it doesn't. It, it, nobody nobody says that. Like it it doesn't do what you said it does. So they, they discovered it, and you said that, well, they haven't figured it out for 20 years, so, like, maybe it's safe to kind of say this, you know? Yeah. But it, he talks about, like, the manufacturing process of it and stuff, and I'm like, I just don't... It, it, he talks about, like, they layer it and layer it and layer it, and they cut it into these pieces, and they put it together so you get this one perfect cone and all this stuff. And it's like, you can take... Like, if you took a pile of dog shit and you turned it into a cone it wouldn't magically start levitating it's a pile of dog shit and him saying that you configure element 115 into this certain shape and it's it distorts gravity i, I don't know it's just it, like yeah. it, it, the science of it doesn't make sense and it's weird too because people that like i respect believe him I know Joe, like, I was talking about the Joe Rogan podcast thing, yeah. where, like, the way he talked on it, the way Lazar talked on it, I was like, this guy is full of shit. He's like, oh, I have a, I have a migraine and stuff. And it's like, a migraine doesn't make you forget, like, I, I, I don't think, I, I personally, I don't think that, like, my head could ever hurt uh, long enough for, or hard enough for me to think that i don't know for me to like lose track of dates or lose track of like a basic knowledge of um of certain 
aspects of my life. I don't think my head could ever hurt to that degree. Um, on the side of Bob Lazar, I, before, because I, I think we're probably going to wrap up pretty soon, right? Yeah. I feel like we pretty much hit. Definitely on the Bob Lazar subject for sure. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I feel like this became like a Bob Lazar episode. I, I, I didn't intend for it, but there's so much yeah. to get into. Well, he's like the first thing that kind of came up. So that's like the the basis most people are going to go off of, of mm-hmm. what this dude was saying. And I think it's kind of important, you know, if you're at least at the very least curious about Area 51, that maybe you shouldn't believe everything this dude's saying. At least you have reason to kind of question it, you know. I, I One thing I do want to say about him, though, is... There, there. All right, we know Area Fifty One. One thing that is one hundred percent confirmed is that a group of people tried to file a lawsuit against the government for exposing them to radioactive materials. They worked at Groom Lake, and basically, what it what it appears is that there were stealth technology that they were using for advanced aircrafts, and when they decommissioned those things or when they were done testing them, they just burned everything so that there was nothing, no trace left so that when they shipped anything out of the facility, they shipped out ash it was in, in you, you could not identify these things. So, but, but with that in mind, they didn't offer a lot of the employees any protection against those things. They weren't radioactive when they weren't burning, but it's like when you burn plastic, it's cancerous. Yeah. It was the same thing. So they have this gigantic pit of super secret materials that's just burning and these workers are breathing them in. And like, they, like, those people died um, later on down the road. But like, their the last years of their lives were fucking stupid. Like, there was a guy that, they said he had like almost like developed fish scales and stuff and yeah. that the spaces between the scales would like crack open and he would bleed from them and stuff. Like he would go to bed and he would wake up and his sheets would be pink from bleeding all night. And he was coughing and hacking and like he died a slow, painful, miserable death. And uh, when they tried to sue the government, it came down to like an executive order, like from the top, the president being like, you cannot sue the government on this because this is a matter of national security. And a lot of people are like, I mean, that's fucked up because that's like, a, it, it allows them to do insidious things without uh, repercussions. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's something that's, 100% true. There's some type of stealth technology. They work on stealth technology there. That we know. And when you burn that stealth technology, it gives you cancer and various other symptoms, right? So, if it's, you know, you can, let's say it's not aliens. They're working on something that they don't want people to know about. And that, that order has to be re-signed every year. That only lasts a year. So every president since Clinton has every year that they've been in office has had to sign and say that legal action cannot be pursued on this subject, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, and 
the basically what, what I'm getting to is there's something there that they want to keep secret. There's something there that they have to keep completely buried. And if you listen to some of Bob Lazar's story, he's talked before about taking, and I don't understand why this is the case, because again, my understanding is that he lived in the area. So the idea of him take flight to get to work is bizarre. Um, but he said that he would take Janice flights to the facility. I think from California. Yeah. And he said that there were several instances where he would take the flight uh, to Area 51, and then he would be on the return flight having not remembered what he had done that day. He couldn't remember it at all. And when you look at... He's been, he's been put up against a lie detector test. They tested four different... And he was like, I'm all in. Yes, let's do a lie detector test, which if you were being evasive, you probably wouldn't want to do. Yeah. I know that lie detectors are really finicky, but I, I, yeah. I, I still think that you wouldn't want to do that. Um, the technician that administered the exam said that this guy's telling the truth. Like, this guy, at least this guy believes that he's telling the truth. I believe that. Okay. So, that's where I start to wonder about things, because you know that you can hypnotize people, and you know that you can brainwash people, and you know that you can do, you, you, you can, you can manipulate people into thinking a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So, what if, what if they are working on stealth technologies, right? What if they are doing that? But what if like this is like a this is like a super far out conspiracy theory, right? But like Bob Lazar is there working on stealth technology and he's doing that job. But like they're also implanting this memory of that's okay. Uh they're implanting this memory that he's been working on UFOs. He's been working on alien shit. And and they're making him believe this and now you go okay so they're making him believe this stuff right the ufo stuff but what else are they making him believe are they making him believe that he graduated from mit are they making him believe that he graduated from caltech right right like what if lazar is telling the truth but the truth is not real See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of mind-blowing to think about. Yeah. That he was just manipulated into, like, thinking this, this, and this. We talked about, but like, why? being a drink, like, being given a drink the first time he he went to Area 51. He talks about them, like, pouring him a drink and him taking it. It's a weird detail. This is a strange detail. Yeah. And if you're, like, if you're really invested in keeping things under wraps, if you're really invested in trying to hide the truth, then, like, why wouldn't you be nonstop brainwashing the people that you're working with? Yeah, keep it under your control. Right? Yeah. Because then you set them out into the world, and let's say it doesn't work, and he starts talking about your stealth technology, even if some of it stuck. Like, if he started, if he was like, yeah, I worked on stealth technology, they have a plane that can travel all across the continental U.S., like, on a on a loop tour, and it can do that in three hours, and it's undetectable by radar. 
And then they're like, wow, that's crazy. Where did you go to school? And he's like, I graduated from MIT in physics and Caltech uh, electronics degree, you know, master's degrees. That's part that you know that you implanted. So even if he told the truth about what he was doing, he still has all of this backlog mm -hmm. of bullshit that you seeded into his mind so that you can't tell what the truth is. Which is part of what's so frustrating about this fucking story is because there are pieces that seem legitimate. Like he brought people into the desert and they saw something flying over the fucking facility. Yeah. Like that's real. That happened. Was it UFOs or not? Like Tom Mahood thinks it was an energy weapon. It was like a plasma weapon that they were testing. Yeah. But it's a plasma weapon so it goes up into the air, it glows, it bobs around and... It looks like, it, like if somebody said that's a UFO, you couldn't deny that. I can't identify that flying object, you know? Yeah. So it's a UFO. Exactly. Um, but that's something that I've been kicking around trying to figure out. If like, I think that Bob Lazar is telling the truth, His but it's not, the truth, but it's, it's not, not the real. actual truth. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. He's, he's a riddle for sure. I can't figure it out. I don't I don't think I believe him. I'm pretty sure I don't. No, I still think he's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. he was a manipulated clown, but yeah. He's still a clown. Yeah. Um like I said, Area 51 is uh it's a gigantic subject. Like the more you look, the more you see. Mm -hmm. Um I'm just going to I'm just going to say that there's several things that I would love to talk about that we just, there's not a lot of time for because no. Lazar just, Lazar just like eats up time, you know? I bet he would love this. <laughs> he did a podcast all about Area 51 and all we could do was talk about Bob Lazar. Uh, yeah, uh, I would like to, yeah, I, I would like to, um, I think we're going to, like we talked about before, I think that this might be one that I want to go back to at some point. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to talk about Dan Burrish at some point, who says he's his his story is way crazier than Bob Lazar's, but there's evidence that backs him up. Yeah, it makes like, a lot more sense when he says that he he's a microbiologist and. Uh, he said that he got his PhD in New York in 1989. And uh, when they looked that up, that's true. That, that, that He's on the record. But he, he went to school. New York University, 1989, which is kind of funny coincidental. Because that would have been the same time that Lazar was getting his ass kicked out. Yeah. Um, so, like, the backstory is verifiable. He is a microbiologist, but his story is that he was brought to the S4 facility and he worked like shoulder to shoulder with a character called J-Rod, J-A-R-O-D or J-R-O-D, who's been referred to as, um, I think somebody said that he was smiling eyes. Um, he had a couple of different monikers, uh, the puppet master. That was another one that they used for him, but, um, J-Rod was an alien that Dan Burris says he worked with. 
Um, he says that he's from, I think he said something like he was from 10,000 years in our future. There's some type of outbreak that they're trying to figure out how to stop, which like that story is fucking crazy too, because I'm like 10,000 years in the future, you would think technology would advance and it would be easier to work with that technology to solve a problem than ours. You know, yeah. that's weird. See, this is the kind of stuff that we're hoping to uncover with the raid. Yeah. I mean, we, we got to get ready for that. I'm going to put on my, I have that flak jacket just in case you these guards your, don't play. You get your uh, cheek clapping pants on. I got easy access. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I mean, I got, yeah. Clap some alien cheeks, man. Yeah. That's right. the goal. I, that's, they say they want to go, we want to raid because we want to get all this top secret information. <laughs> but you know, deep down, I think everybody just wants to be the first one to have sex with an alien race. Shatner beat us. <laughs> Shatner beat us. 100%. Second, um, third, fourth. Yeah, no, yeah. There. Just to just to contribute to the <laughs> to the event. Um Yeah. So that's something that I definitely want to talk about. Yeah, uh, we can definitely come back to this at some point. The next time that we uh do Area 51 because I, I need to do more research on Burrish's story. I know that it ends fucking crazy too because Burrish says he he pushed J Rod through a, a Stargate in Egypt. And I'm like, okay, wait. So you work at this super secret facility where they have a alien that's essentially like a slave, cannot leave the facility and stuff, and and they let you take him to fucking Egypt. Why? <laughs> There's no answer for that, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think we pretty much, I think we gave an honest look at Bob Lazar. Yeah, I, I feel like I can't say that he's full of shit definitively i also can't say that that dude's like a saint and is telling the truth i, I just i don't believe that i don't believe it I, either way I, I can't i can't say i'm in one camp or the other it yeah. does seem but he names security personnel on the base that actually fucking exist they actually work there yeah maybe so maybe he did know some shit and then kind of yeah. just fabricated a bunch of us and kind of like played dumb on on things that he couldn't explain or yeah. didn't want to right yeah. yeah so i think that that's pretty much it on uh Wazar, and i think that's pretty much it on at least this edition of the area 51 wt fada podcast we might come back to this yeah so uh think we're going to wrap up yeah today's segment yeah do you have any uh final thoughts about him or no i mean i'm really leaning towards hating him i just have that passion <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no i mean i, I think a lot you've of always been that sense. way with He's... fucking nerds <laughs> <laughs> you make me sound like a bully that's not true <laughs> no, just kidding. Just i was kidding. all for this but when i'm not kidding uh <laughs> but when you want to make claims you know make claims don't don't allude to things and and be cryptic and you know claim that you know a bunch of top secret classified information and kind of beat around the bush but then claim that you're coming public with it for insurance it's like if you want some insurance say some shit yeah you just know? be honest yeah yeah i i uh that's it Sit on Bob Well, we hope you enjoyed our episode today. Um, um, I do want to just reiterate uh, ron-iii-art.redbubble.com and check out that WT Fata merchandise because uh, it's pretty good. I'm excited about it, and I, I hope that you will be too. And when you buy stuff from there, 
it's going to go right back into the show. So it's like a win-win. Post about it. Show us your beautiful faces. Drinking out of your, what the fuck are we talking about? Coffee mugs. Yeah, we got coffee mugs. Wearing your socks. Yeah. Hats. I don't even know if all this stuff's on there because I just found about this. I found out about this today, but I'm just gonna stop throwing out random shit. I don't think I don't think hats are included. Steering wheel covers? No, that would be great though. God damn red bubble. <laughs> Piece of crap, I tell you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, guys. Bye. Ron Have a John beautiful week. Checking out. Yeah. Bloop. Bye.